Welcome to the Taylor and Jen podcast. Mornings with Taylor and Jen. Are you taking applications for a best friend? (laughs) Anybody that doesn't believe that God has a sense of humor needs to look at a platypus and needs to look at the fact that God often has morning people marry not morning people or morning people give birth. To not morning people. I don't know how anybody could be more of a morning person than me. Yep. And I don't know how anybody could be less of a morning person than my son, Benjamin, whom I love very much. But he, I mean, if it's not noon, it's not time to get up. And he doesn't really care for it when you get morning on him. I'm all like, wakey, wakey. Come on, Benjamin. Get up. Well, Erica is here to support you. I I'm not a morning person. I do work nights, but I love Jen's perkiness in the morning. It helps get me going. It wakes me up. She makes me laugh. You both do. And I just love it. So I just want to strongly disagree with your son, Jen, and let you know that I love your spunkiness and your bright, cheerful morning voice. Okay. Are you taking applications for a best friend? (laughs) (laughs) It was very kind of Erica. A little earlier as she expressed her support of Jen's chipper, spunky attitude in the mornings, <laughs> even though she's not a morning person. But I think there are a lot of morning people who either are married to non-morning person, have given birth to non-morning persons, who recognize we have to alter our morning routine a little bit. Yeah, we uh, we know we annoy you. We <laughs> you can't you can't just live your life how your morning heart desires to live if you want to stay in the good graces of the non-morning person with you. That is very true. Very true. I'm married to a non-morning person. Boy, are you ever. L- Lindsay loves to stay up. late. Late into the evening, you know, like 2 a.m. is a pretty good bedtime for her. And then oh my she, word. you know, likes to sleep in pretty late, especially on the weekends. <laughs> and so I've learned that the trick as a morning person is, uh, first of all, when she gets up in the morning, do not say, good morning, no. so good to see you. No, don't even look her in the no, eye. She, she doesn't, doesn't need any of that. <laughs> Just ignore her. But what I do, especially on work days, is I basically get ready for work the night before. Oh, okay. Like, like I pack my lunch the night before. Oh, yeah, yeah. I, I pre-brew the coffee, and we don't have a, a master bathroom attached to our bedroom. It's in the hallway. Mm-hmm. So I have to lay out all my clothes in the hallway bathroom for the next day. And that's where the problem usually lies, because sometimes I forget to put something there, like socks or an undershirt or something <laughs> like that. And then I have to sneak back into the bedroom silently, keep all the lights off, like turn out the hall light so nothing bleeds in. And then I'm poking around in the dark. Jen, I have memorized this bedroom. I know where the socks are. I can do my feel of like, okay, these are the dress socks. I think these will match the pants that I'm wearing. So it's safe to assume that other morning when you were wearing clashing patterns that you had left your shirt in the dark. Yep. Yep. If it looks like I'm not matching, it's probably because I forgot something and had to choose something in the dark. You had to get dressed in the dark. (laughs) Let's talk about towels, because apparently Mm. it's controversial. There's a couple. They're going to get married. And the guy is saying that she wants 10 towels for the two of them. He thinks that sounds excessive. I think it sounds excessive. Do you see? Here's the thing. I don't I don't think of towels per person. I think of towels per bathroom. Really? Well, I want them to look a certain way when they're stacked on their shelf. So this is less about function and more about display. 
Have you met me? I, I, I wasn't saying it was surprising to realize that. <laughs> I just, in my mind's eye, I can see how many towels and how they should be folded uh-huh. in each bathroom. And so my mind's eye told me when I needed to stock two bathrooms last, last year when I bought my house, I needed six per bathroom. Six towels per bathroom. It just happens that Benjamin gets his own bathroom. So Benjamin has six towels. He has six. And I bet he uses every single one after every shower. For goodness sake. Why? (laughs) Does he use one per ear? I mean, I walk in and there's towels all over the floor. And I'm like, son, I just did laundry. He's like, I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what happened. I got out of the shower and then they were all. I don't know. Six towels. Soft and fluffy Mm. and useful and controversial towels. If you want to get an argument of somebody, just say, hey, what is the correct number of towels for a person to own? Because they'll tell you a different number than what you have. Everybody has a different idea. All right, Barb, what's your idea? I'm calling with the towel ratio. Yes. It's Uh, it's an exact ratio? For each adult or adult-sized person in the house. It is six bath towels, four hand towels, and 14 washcloths. What? Period. <laughs> end of story. Okay, these are very specific and high numbers. Please tell us why you have them. 14 washcloths? <laughs> okay, put your mouth back together then. What? What? Why did we come up with these numbers? <laughs> well, I don't know what happened to me in childhood because we never had a towel problem, but it's a thing with me. I've been teased about it a lot. Yeah. You you might be a towel hoarder. You might be. You might be. Yeah. I've gotten rid of towels before, and people say, uh, "I'll take those, and we'll get rid of mine because yours are better. The ones you're throwing away are better than mine." Your trash towels are another person's treasure towel. That's right. Yes. So a couple is about to get married. The boy one says 10 towels is too many. The girl one says 10 towels is perfect. So they're going to be getting 10 towels. <laughs> well, that is obviously the case. But boy one put it to the universe in the internet and said, how many towels should an adult own? Do you have an answer for him, Josh? I do, but I have a qualifying question, I think. Okay. okay. When you come from the shower, are you clean? Yes. I sure hope so. Otherwise, I'm doing it wrong. So is the towel clean after you're done drying off, or is it dirty? I think it's clean. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> so do I. I mean, I I use the towel more than one time. Yeah. And I think that that should determine, I mean, are you having towels for display? Are you having towels for show me? Are you, are you having towels for functionality? Ah. I don't know that there's an exact number. It depends on the use. How many do you have? Yeah. If For your functional towels, what do you got? Five. Five. I think that's a great number. That's reasonable. That's a very reasonable number. I thought you were going to say two. That's what I had when I was in college. <laughs> One to use while the other's in the washer. Yeah, exactly. One to use while everything else is being washed on Sunday. Yeah, that, that's exactly what it <laughs> on was. Sunday. That even. was my life. You knew this was going to happen. We're having a discussion about how many towels should an adult own. And Skip has to throw a monkey wrench in it. What about these seasonal towels? <laughs> seasonal seasonal towels. towels. Oh, my goodness. Uh, okay, I don't, I don't do that. My linen closet is far too oh. small for seasonal towels. Well, I do have Christmas towels, but I have Christmas. You have Christmas, Christmas and holidays. I have Christmas hand towels. 
That's still a towel. How many of them? Three. <laughs> one for each bathroom and the kitchen. Oh, and don't touch this, right? Oh, yeah, they're not for use. You can't dry your hands on this reef. <laughs> yeah. It was crazy because for the entire rest of the time, this was the happiest, sweetest, you know, curious, fun baby I've ever been around. Okay, you're calling this child a baby. How old is this child? She's like 18, 19 months. Okay, so she's on the verge of toddler. Is that, is that toddler? She's she, walking. Oh, she's a toddler then okay. because she's toddling. Okay, so I made a toddler cry. You made a toddler cry. Does that That's sound even better? worse because babies <laughs> just cry because babies are babies. But toddlers usually have a reason. Yeah, th- this little girl, her name's Alice, and I was oh, hanging out with her word, parents this weekend. So and cute. I love that name. Alice is in the stage where she loves to read. Like, she- she'll oh. go in her little toy box, and she'll just grab a book and run, and whoever she hands it to, you- you- you've got to read this book. Whenever a toddler hands you a book, you have to read it. And so she handed me the monster at the end of this book. Oh, I love that book! Where Grover is terrified yes. that there's a monster at the end of the book, and it ends up being him, and it's, like, wonderful. And so I'm reading through and I'm doing a bang up job of this. Oh. Like she, <laughs> if she you is do invested. So I'm doing voices. I'm getting the little toddler grins on some of my things. Did you do a Grover voice? I did do a Grover voice. Oh, I want to hear the Grover. There's a monster. <laughs> so you were reading it like that when you needed to? Uh, yeah, every like if there was a bolded word, I would do it. So, okay. So I'm going and I'm going and I'm going and I finally get to the end and she just like looks at me. <gasps> And then she looks at her mom and she screams and runs away. And her mom looks up and she goes, Taylor, you skipped a page. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't know. Cardinal sin. How, how did she? And because I didn't she's try got to. the book memorized. It's those big fat cardboard pages. And it's like you accidentally turn four of them. But apparently this 19 month old child. <laughs> she knew. knows. Oh, yeah. Well, it's okay because she brought me that book at least eight times more over the course of the weekend. So I got to read it again and again Do and over. again. <laughs> Taylor made a toddler cry. I, I did not realize how attached she was to this book about Grover being the monster at the end of the book. Taylor. I, I didn't mean to. I just skipped a page and she noticed and she made sure her mom noticed too. That's because either you as a kid or your kid, you know, they have a book that they read over or you read over and over and over and over and over and, over and, over, and they knew when you skipped even one word. What is that book for you, Macy? Llama, llama, red pajama. Llama. Oh, that's just fun to say. <laughs> Can you still quote it? Llama Llama Red Pajama reads the story with his mama. Mama kisses baby's hair. Mama Llama goes downstairs. <laughs> oh, that's adorable. It ends with baby llama, you know, wailing for mama. And then mama rushes upstairs and then tells baby llama, don't ever fret. Because even when mama llama's not near, mama llama's always here. Oh. oh, so you cried every time you read the book to your kid. Of course you did. Yeah. <laughs> By the end of bedtime, your child passed out and you were in the kitchen eating milk and cookies, sobbing your eyes out. Like, that's a bedtime tradition. <laughs>
every person that has ever read a book ad nauseum to a child <laughs> understands your pain, Taylor, the pain that you feel because you made that little sweet toddler of your friends cry because you skipped a page of her favorite book. Yeah, you think they're not paying attention, <laughs> but they will catch every little error you make and because turn it into a mountain. you've read the book so many times that you practically have it memorized. Do you remember what that book was for you, Kelly? The Lady with the Alligator Purse. Ooh, what's that? It's been 20 years. Yeah. And I still know it. <laughs> oh, the purse is an alligator. I, yeah, the lady with the alligator. Spoiler alert! Oh, well, it's on the cover. I don't think it's a spoiler if it's on the cover. Are you looking it up? Yeah, I yeah, just Googled we both it. Did. I haven't had the book since a garage sale 20 years ago, and I still know. You still know it from start to finish? It's probably 20 seconds or less. Are you ready? Yeah. Yeah, go ahead. Oh, okay. yeah. Miss Lucy had a baby. His name was Tiny Tim. She put him in the bathtub to see if he could swim. He drank up all the water. He ate up all the soap. He tried to eat the bathtub, but it wouldn't go down his throat. <laughs> Miss Lucy called the doctor. Miss Lucy called the nurse. Miss Lucy called the lady with the alligator purse. In came the doctor. In came the nurse. In came the lady with the alligator purse. Mump, said the doctor. Measles, said the nurse. Um, I can't remember that part. <laughs> <laughs> you were doing so good. <laughs> it's pizza, said the lady with the alligator purse. And the next page shows everybody eating. They're all sharing. It's a good social skills lesson. The next page, out went the doctor, out went the nurse, out went the lady with the alligator purse. Okay. So she had a baby that wanted to eat the bathtub, and then the solution was yeah. to feed everybody pizza. Yes. I love it. And as I sat there and thought, Jen has all these wonderful memories of, like, Ezra Keith said it's a snowy day and I'll love you forever. And I thought, nope, Miss Lucy and I had a baby named Tiny Tim and he tried to eat the bathtub. It's weird. You look at them and they're, you know, like my son, six foot two, 200 pounds. But when you look at them, sometimes you can still see them as a toddler. Mm. I can remember reading the same books to them over and over and over again at bedtime. In our house, it was the snowy day. And if I missed a word, if I missed a character, if I missed a page, mama, mama, you didn't do it right. You got to get it right. You got to get it right. Those kiddos, they love that one book and you read it over and over and over and over and over again. What was that book for you? Pajama Time. Pajama time. I don't know oh, about this one. Tell us about that book. So it's a Sandra Boynton book, and it's this rhyme, and they read it every night. It starts out like, the moon is out, it's getting late. Let's get ready to celebrate. <laughs> oh, I like this already. <laughs> I see it. I'm looking at it right now. I love her books. Yeah, it's uh, fantastic. And you know it by heart still. How long ago did you well, read this book? Uh, my kids are 16 and 17, mm-hmm. so it's been a few years. I kind of have the son that you do, you know, 210 pounds, six foot yeah. one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't read it to him anymore, but it was it was a classic in its time. When you're in the moment of reading that book for the 2,710 times, <laughs> you're like, oh. But then as you get older and you look back, it's really a cherished memory. That one book that your kiddos wanted you to read every bedtime. My son had several that we read, but I, as the parent, always graduated back towards one. And it was Love You Forever. Oh, yep. In that story, it says, I'll love you forever. I'll like you for always. As long as I'm living, my baby you'll be. So, of course, as he got older and grew, I had the unfortunate I could read it to him as often as you do when they're <laughs> little. And 
the best thing was on his 18th birthday at six foot five, 270 pounds, wearing a man size 15 shoe, <laughs> he grabs that book off of the bookshelf and we sat down on the floor and he read it to me. Oh, no. And tears streaming down my face because you're realizing that it's happening all too fast and the kids are going to be grown and out of the house and you're going to be living that book. Oh, you're killing me. Sherry, you have yeah. turned my co-host into a puddle of goo. When we walked out of his bedroom that day, oh. on the wall was a collage picture of his baby pictures growing up. And tears are coming down my face and I look at the pictures and it's like, oh, I want my baby back. Oh. And without missing a beat says, oh, he's not coming back. I ate him. <laughs> so you were really fighting an uphill battle. I mean, it was you versus the table. I've never been in a situation where I was in the minority of people who like pickles. I know. I mean, you were basically, I mean, four and a half. Yeah. Four and a half against one. Because there was a little baby there, too. <laughs> and my friend went so far as to say that it shouldn't even be automatic that a pickle goes on a sandwich. You should ask for pickles to be included. You should not have to ask for them to be removed from your sandwich. It makes my heart happy when I bite into a sandwich and I find yeah. that they have automatically put a pickle because pickles so beautifully belong automatically on sandwiches. I agree with you, Jen. Taylor, I think you're wrong. What? Really? Well, if you think Taylor's wrong, you think we're both wrong because I think pickles should be automatic. Jen... Why would you think that? Because pickles should be automatic. I they love belong. pickles. It's a normal sandwich ingredient. When you make a burger, you put ketchup, mustard. And pickles. No pickles. Yes, pickles. Okay. I'm going to have to start liking pickles now. <laughs> because Taylor and Jen told you so. Now you have to like pickles. Well... Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The well, new hey, demand. If you listen to Life 107.1, you must like dill pickles. Dill? Oh, dill. Not dill. How about bread and butter? <laughs> oh, yeah. Okay. No, let's I'll give him that. It. Okay. I'll, we'll I'll allow, allow it. it. You're already crossing over to the pickle side. We'll, we'll get you to dill sooner or later. This is Bill. Bill. Hey, Bill. You got thoughts on pickles on sandwiches? Yes, ma'am. I sure do. <laughs> okay. I think you got to have them. And uh, I wanted to tell you the best pickle sandwich out there is pickles and peanut butter. Well. I still haven't done that. Well, you got to try it. The pickles keep the peanut butter from sticking to the roof of your mouth. Ooh. It's really great. <laughs> okay. You literally have a scientific reason for eating pickles and peanut butter, basically to make the peanut butter go better? Well, it's not scientific, but I like it. <laughs> <laughs> You've just finished a great meal with friends. Mm -hmm. You kind of lean back in that chair and you have that feeling of like, I'm a little too full, but I'm also <laughs> just really happy because it was great food with great people. Did you experience this recently? Yeah, I got to hang out with some old friends and we did homemade fondue. Oh, fondue. Yeah, a lot of fun. And then all of a sudden my friend stands up and he goes back into the kitchen. Well, is he cleaning up or something? No, he turns on the stove. And what? I'm like, dude, I am I am stuffed. What I, are you I, making? I loved this food, but there is no way I can eat any more. And he turns and he goes, oh, no, it's okay. I cut off all of the fat from the chicken, and now I'm going to fry it up and feed it to our dog. 
because he has a he has a course just for the dog. After they finish, I guess any sort of fat trimmings or gristle trimmings go back onto the stove, and they fry them up in all of the juices from the good human food, and then they put all the leftover veggies in a bowl, and their dog Arya gets to go to town on freshly fried <laughs> leftovers. I don't know. This one might take the cake. Really? Yes. There's a dad, and there's a picture of him driving. And I know, I know for a fact that this person did not call shotgun because in this family photo, the dad is driving and then you see the mom and the two kids in the back seat of the SUV. Okay. Must have an important passenger up front there. Oh yeah. It's the family golden retriever. (laughs) When dad drives, he only lets the golden retriever sit next to him and mom and kids have to sit in the back. I don't know if I can top that level of pet pampering. Oh my goodness. And what I love about it is that the golden retriever just acts like he belongs there. This is my seat. I don't know what everybody's problem is. This is where I sit. Maybe if his kids grew (laughs) floppy, furry ears, they too could have shotgun privileges. He put his wife in the back seat. That might be a bridge too far. I don't know. Oh, it's those eyes and that fur, Mm -hmm. and it's just, oh, it's so easy to pamper our pets. Do you have a pampered pet, Marie? Well, it's not really my pampered pet. It's my daughter's pampered pet. When she was nine, um, we got a teacup pug, and she's now 11, so it's two years old. It used to sleep with her, but now it sleeps in bed with me. It not only steals my blankets, but it steals my cooling gel pillow. What? So I sleep with no pillows and no blankets because she hogs it all. She squishes me up against the wall, so I sleep in between her and the wall. And there's still a gigantic bed left. Well, that is a pampered pet. I'm, I'm sorry, whose it, pet did you say this was? My 11-year-old daughter's. Oh, yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. This is not your daughter's dog. Oh, no, it's not a dog. It's a pig. <laughs> we live on a farm. She is actually a pig. Her name is Betsy. Oh. You've been talking yeah, about so, a pig? I thought you said a teacup uh, pug. Yeah. Oh, no. It's a pig. <laughs> you you sleep with a yep. pig. I do. And honestly, I know people think they're really dirty. She's actually very clean. Weird thing about my friend Jen here. It's not weird. It's totally normal. She hears about this study where a group of people let researchers just kind of connect into their bathroom scales. Every day. See if they gained any weight during the pandemic. And they did. On average, we gained about two pounds a month. And, and you you feel like you, you would not want to have been part of this study. Okay, so, Taylor, just I know I'm not the only person that feels this way, but do you know what they do to you every time you go to the doctor? And, and it doesn't matter if you're going for a toothache, mm-hmm. uh, a, a weird growth on your hand, or a blood work. Mm-hmm. They always do the same thing. Even though it has nothing to do <laughs> with anything, they always start the process of a doctor's appointment with this medieval torture device that they call a scale. And their scales are weighted. I'm well, just telling you. They, well, they have a five-pound weight attached to it somewhere magically that adds a ton of weight to your weight. When they you make to- you stand on it in your shoes. If you're wearing a coat yep. that stays on, they'll be Sometimes like, hey, I'm can you hold, hold this 25 pound weight yeah, for me? I'm still holding my bag, my, yeah. my leather coat, my shoes. I haven't taken my spleen out. I mean, all of these things that add to my weight, you know, and I always am like, okay, okay, fine. You can do this to me, <laughs> but I'm going to turn around and I'm not going to face the scale and you're going to write it down. You're not going to tell me. Okay. And they're always like, okay, fine. Because no. as far as I'm concerned, I am still the weight that it said on my license when I was 16. <laughs> so here's here's my question to you. 
They come around telling you that they want to do this study, track your weight every day. What is the least amount of money you would accept to say yes? How much money does it take to change your name and your identity and move to a different country? So that that many dollars, huh? (laughs) (laughs) This is why you wouldn't have been part of it. Because they'd come to me, I'd be like, send me 50 bucks and a sleeve of Oreos and I'm in. A sleeve of Oreos? Yeah. Which is the problem. I I may skew the study, but I'll, I'll let you track my weight. I'll be eating Oreos the whole time. I can't be the only one. I don't like the scale. And I specifically don't like the scale at the doctor's office. You it, you really stress over this when you go to the doctor. I, I don't. I don't. Well, I don't go to the doctor because it, yeah. because that scale. I mean, first of all, it's a scale. Second of all, it's a doctor's scale, which is known to add at least five to two hundred seventy thousand pounds to your weight. Well, Teresa has some good news for you. I uh, am in the medical field, and you do not have to be weighed every time you go. You may decline. What? You do need to get a few vitals. Yes, you may. I love you. You just made Jen Really? Day. I can say no yes. thank you. I don't want to get on the scale. Yes, ma'am. I can say no thank you. I don't want to go into a deep depression for the next five days. That's correct. Oh, yes. my goodness. Why didn't anybody tell me that? <laughs> thank you for lifting my day every day. <laughs> oh, you're no, 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 no. You just made yeah. my rest of life. <laughs> the fact that I know I can now go back to my doctor whom I love. But I never go see him because of that scale. But now I can go back and see him. Skip the scale. Skip the scale. We've learned something huge. (laughs) When they go to weigh you at the doctor's office, you can say no thank you and they will not weigh you. And apparently this is not a super big secret. I wanted to tell Jen that I skip the scale every single time. How did you know you could do that? Um, I didn't. I just got an attitude, I guess. <laughs> I'm not doing it. You said no thanks, and they were like, okay. And you're like, what? <laughs> I mean, I thought yeah. it's the doctor, so they'll put you like in doctor jail if you say no. Oh, no. And they even have it in my chart now, like, don't. Don't weigh her because, like, they come and they they take my temperature and say, "Let's go back to a room." Oh my but goodness! They just walk you right past. You know, it. they blame everything on your weight. Like, go in with a broken arm. Well, it wouldn't have broke if you'd have lost twenty pounds. You no. Know? <laughs> so you're a whole lot healthier now that they don't weigh you. Yeah. <laughs> the Taylor and Jen podcast is a product of Northwestern Media, a ministry of the University of Northwestern St. Paul. You can hear more from Taylor and Jen weekday mornings online at life1071.com or on the Life 107.1 app.